This is the Truth Hurts Program. Hello and welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z for Tuesday, the 21st day of March 2023. Back behind the cheap plastic microphone in the cheap Office Depot swivel chair at Studio 63 in Bayou Country. That's right. Since we don't charge advertisers to play their advertisements on this program, and since we're not a subscription pay service, this, the Truth Hurts program, comes to you absolutely free of charge. You don't have to pay a dime for it. Anyway, it is Tuesday, the 21st day of March, 2023. There are a whole bunch of headlines I wanted to go over with you today. Jesse Waters of the Fox News Channel says the left is so turned on by the idea of Trump being locked behind bars that they're simply not thinking. He said, after eight long years, Democrats think their wish is finally coming true. Donald Trump says he'll be arrested today. This has been the fetish of the left forever. They'd love nothing more than to see the Donald behind bars, handcuffed, paraded on a perp walk in front of TV cameras. What they don't realize is they're lighting a fire that they will be unable to control. They're so turned on by the idea of Donald Trump being locked behind bars that they're not thinking. They're not thinking first about the law. They're not thinking about the politics or the potential outcome. Remember, like him or hate him, Donald Trump represents at least 74 million voters. What happens when you throw 74 million voters in jail? Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney, is trying to pinch Trump for some bad bookkeeping. Bragg says Trump put the payment to Stormy Daniels in the wrong column. At most, that's a misdemeanor accounting charge. At most. But the statute of limitations ran out on that charge years ago. That charge is dead on arrival. Mr. Bragg is trying to shock it back to life, though. He's going to try and splice the local misdemeanor with some federal charge, some campaign finance violation to try and make it a felony. This is called gain-of-function prosecution. Bragg thinks Trump paid off Stormy Daniels to help his presidential campaign. Listen, Donald Trump would have paid off Stormy even if he wasn't running for president to protect his marriage, his family, his reputation, and any potential comeback on television had he not run for president. You know, I don't know what happened between the two of them, but he said he wanted it to go away and she wanted to get paid. Nobody got hurt. It's a victimless crime. And this is the Truth Hurts program. A senator is now grilling the Pentagon officials on the six-figure diversity, equity, and inclusiveness jobs which are being advertised across all of the military branches. A senator on the Armed Services Committee is demanding more information from Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on the Pentagon's progressive, liberal, woke hiring policies, such as the posting of several new job listings in the so-called fields of diversity, equity, and inclusion better known as DEI, a field that will tout a comfortable six-figure salary for each person who's fortunate enough and minority enough to get one of those jobs. You don't honestly think a guy like Steve Z, married, conservative, Republican, heterosexual, monogamous male, could ever get a job in diversity, equity, and inclusion? No, white guys are never included in inclusion. We can't be equitable because supposedly we are privileged. And as far as diversity, diversity means anything but a white guy. Senator Eric Schmidt opened his letter to Defense Secretary Austin by referencing the March 2nd memo to the Armed Services Committee citing competition against China 
as one of our military's top priorities. He asked Austin to identify how many DEI-related positions exist in the Department of Defense already, broken down by service branch, as well as specifics about the job's titles and salary ranges. He wrote in his letter, quote, China will not be defeated by diversity, equity, and inclusion. Instead, the Department of Defense's focus on DEI weakens America's ability to deter or defeat China by diverting resources away from increasing lethality in favor of woke training. The pay for one of the DEI people can go as high as $183,500 per year. And that is listed within the Air Force under Supervisory, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Accessibility. Other job openings have salaries in excess of 100000 per year. Go woke, go broke. But when it comes to our military, go woke, America might choke. This is the Truth Hurts program. The United Nations is now calling for a massive fossil fuel shutdown to prevent what they're calling a climate time bomb. Yawn. Here we go again. The 1970s, we heard all of the smog being emitted from cars and trucks and buses and trains and from factories was going to pollute the air so much that the sunlight could not reach planet Earth and we were going to go into a deep freeze ice age by 1985. That, of course, never happened. And around that same time, the notion of global warming was invented, created a crisis manufactured to scare people. They said by the year 2000, the earth will be scorched. There will be no plant life left. Mankind was doomed and the planet would bake in record-setting high temperatures not seen in millennia. 2000 came and went when they realized that 2000 was going to come and go without all of the gloom and doom they predicted. They came up with the Y2K bug. Remember that? We're all going to be blasted back to the Stone Age with no computers and no all of our computerized systems and air traffic control systems and traffic systems and communications will be shut down by the end of the day on December 31st, 1999. As soon as 2000 rolls around, all the computers are going to shut down and everyone's going to die. That too never happened. The United Nations published their latest climate change report on Monday, doubling down on what they're still calling global warming related risks. There is no global warming. They dubbed this a survival guide for humanity so that they can scare the weak-minded. They claim that the rate of temperature rise in the last 50 years is the highest in 2,000 years. Well, let me think. Christ died around 2,000 years ago. Did he have a thermometer? Was he capable of... No, of course not. The UN Secretary General said in a video message on Monday, Concentrations of carbon dioxide are at their highest in at least 2 million years. The climate time bomb is ticking, but today's IPCC report is a how-to guide to defuse the climate time bomb. It is a survival guide for humanity. As it shows, 1.5 degree limit is achievable, but it will take quantum leap in climate action. This report is a clarion call to massively fast-track climate efforts by every country and every sector on every time frame. In short, our world needs climate action on all fronts, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, this guy is trying to scare people. What is it, one one-hundredth of a percent change in temperature over 50 years? 
Does he not realize that the United States is doing more than its fair share of cutting back by mandating all of the restrictions, all of the shutdowns, all of the programs, processes, and procedures that we have implemented to curtail pollution in this country? You don't see smoke billowing from the garbage trucks, the buses, the cars. You don't see smokestacks of cities incinerating their garbage and belching black smoke into the air. Here's the problem. These people need the crisis so that they can continue to beg countries like the U.S. to send them more and more and more money. This is the Truth Hurts program. Axios Sneak Peek writes, House prepares first veto override vote. The Republican-controlled House of Representatives is preparing to make their first attempt at overriding a veto from gropey Joe Biden. A veto override requires support from two-thirds of the members in both chambers. But with a narrow Republican majority in the House and Democrats in charge of the Senate, the veto will probably stand. Gropey Joe issued his first veto of his presidency against a joint resolution to block a Labor Department rule allowing retirement fund managers to take ESG factors into account in their investing. In other words, doesn't matter if you want to go with Company A to invest your money, if by chance Company A, which is doing extremely well in the market, doesn't subscribe to the woke, progressive, liberal ESG or environmental, social, and governance practices that the woke liberals subscribe to, they would rather see your money be invested in Company B, a woke progressive haven that's losing money. This, of course, can cost you the investor through your 401k, your IRA, your retirement program, your company's pension, or any other investment mechanism that you have to try and secure your own retirement. The House's schedule was sent out this week by Steve Scalise, the House Majority Leader, Republican of Louisiana, who says a veto override might be considered Thursday. The vote will go ahead whether or not they think they have enough votes to override the veto. And that's good politics. The vote will likely fall short of the two-thirds threshold. Only one Democrat, Jared Gordon, uh, Golden rather of Maine, said that he will vote with Republicans to pass a resolution. The big picture is this. House Republicans are preparing their first veto override the divisions are providing a crucial obstacle to funding the government, and maybe, just maybe, the Biden administration will get the message. All I know is, if I'm investing money in something, I want to invest in something that's going to make me money, and I give a damn less about ESG, or how many women or African Americans are on the board of directors of those companies. As long as those companies are making money for me in my retirement, that's where I want my money invested. The economy, my friends, is in the toilet. Banks are failing and reeling. Inflation is sky high. We're on the verge of a major recession, according to many economists. But there's even more that Gropey Joe is not telling you. Are you angry yet? You probably should be. The economy is slowing down. Banks are reeling. Inflation scorchingly high. Real incomes are dropping thanks to Biden's inflation. Home prices are now falling but people can't afford them because of the higher interest rates brought on by Biden's high inflation. Americans throughout the country are becoming poorer and poorer by the minute. But on top of all of this, now that we have failures of major banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, amongst others, that's infuriating bailouts. The resulting panic over the banks is making people run for the ATMs to get cash. 
And as with everything that's gone wrong on Biden's watch, they will look you in the eye and tell you, there's nothing to worry about. Everything's just fine. Everything's peachy keen. Let's see, the inexcusable border crisis, the catastrophic pullout from Afghanistan, turning over a democratic country to the Taliban, harmful inflation, looming recession. The go-to response by Joe Biden is always blame Donald Trump. Specifically, try and blame Trump for the legislation that loosened some regulations on regional banks. That was Joe's message in his pitiful five-minute address, which he tried but utterly failed to reassure the nation that our banking system is sound amidst the failure of more and more banks each and every week, with more probably on the way. Here's what Joe didn't say. He knew about this. The regulators at the Fed knew that Silicon Valley Bank was on the brink of failure. Supervisors spotted fatal weaknesses at the tech lender last summer, including some deemed matters requiring immediate attention. They told the SVB bank management last fall that its model was flawed and that could result in a run on deposits. But despite that grave warning, the New York Times reports management failed to change course, supervisors failed to act, and by early this spring, SVB was yet in another review, one on its risk management practices. There was no warning from the Biden administration. After all the bailouts, which we're not supposed to call bailouts, after all the bailouts infuriated European allies and are a great embarrassment to our globalist Treasury Secretary, the ancient Janet Yellen, who resisted the rescue initially, is spending much of her time atop the financial edifice working to cede U.S. tax policy to international organizations, lobbying financial regulators around the world, promising that the U.S. will never again bail out on banks. It did not have to be this way, my friends. Don't forget the one who brought us to this sorry state. Don't be fooled. There's one reason and only one reason Americans are struggling and that why we are heading into a recession while we're in the midst of inflation. Our banks are on thin ice and our economy is in the toilet. President Biden, Democrats in Congress, ancient Janet Yellen, Fed Chair Jay Powell have all orchestrated a reckless trashing of our economy, willfully, intentionally, purposefully, and deliberately. In a shameless bid to simply buy votes, Biden and the Democrat majority in Congress have spent trillions of unneeded dollars that didn't exist, were simply printed for the purpose of giving out to people, mainly aimed at politically favored groups like teachers unions, the climate lobby, and others, driving the economy into the massively inflated warp speed and making inflation the highest since Jimmy Carter was the president. Jay Powell is hoping to be reappointed to Fed chairman. He ignored rising prices for months. He continued to buy hundreds of billions of dollars of bonds and mortgage-backed securities even after inflation topped 6% and then went to 9%. Meanwhile, ancient Janet Yellen became a cheerleader for blowing up the country's deficits, all while dismissing inflation as small, transitory, temporary, manageable. She admitted finally at the end of 2021 that it was not, after all, transitory. What a political hack she has become. Joe Biden, ancient Janet Yellen, Jerome Powell, and the Democratic Party lied to you and continue to lie to you claiming the economy was reeling when Joe Biden took office. It was actually growing right below 6%. It was recovering very nicely from a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic shutdown. And thanks to bipartisan efforts to prop up stalled businesses, consumers who lost their jobs, the slump that was occasioned by the coronavirus pandemic was sharp, 
but mercifully and thankfully very short in its time frame in the grand scheme of things. The government expanded some relief programs, the Fed lowered interest rates. The system was working as designed. Jobs were coming back. Inflation was only 1.4%. Consumer sentiment, which is key to spending, rebounded sharply under Donald Trump. And then Joe Biden took office and within weeks, not months, not years, within weeks he hurried to pass his so-called American Rescue Act. He created and threw almost $2 trillion into an economy plagued by supply chain problems. Remember, that bill passed with Democrat-only support because Republicans knew that it would be inflationary. Even Democrat Larry Summers predicted that. Inflation began to climb 4.2% in April of 2021, all the way to a peak of 9.1% in June of 2022, and it's been hovering around 6 to 8% ever since. The banking sector will likely calm. Inflation will likely drop at some point, but we're not out of the woods yet. The signs of a major inflation and major recession crash. Biden offers up ludicrous and wasteful budgets of almost $7 trillion. If you thought it was bad before, my friends, put your seatbelts on, put on a helmet, and prepare for the crash. This is the Truth Hurts program. I love the I told you so moments here on the Truth Hurts program. The moments that I told you would happen when doctors started secretly, quietly, and without giving proper instruction, direction, warnings to teenagers requesting gender transitioning. Kaiser Permanente is part of the Permanente Medical Group and Kaiser Foundation Hospitals. They provided a double mastectomy to a 13-year-old little girl because she wanted to identify as transgender from the time she was 11. Now, she's trying to detransition. She's trying to recover her life as the girl she was born to be. You see, this little girl happened to be a girl at birth. In other words, when the doctor took her out of her mother's womb, and smacked her a little behind and said, congratulations, it's a girl. It's because that doctor recognizes, not even because of a medical degree, not even because he went to medical school, but because he saw a vagina between this little infant child's legs and said, congratulations, it's a girl. Anyone with common sense, with basic rudimentary knowledge of the difference between the only two genders there are, male and female, could look between the legs of a newborn baby and tell you that this girl was a girl. Layla Jane was born a girl. She was raised as a girl because that is what she is. It's not what she was, it's what she is. Detransitioned teenager Layla Jane is suing Permanente Medical Group and Kaiser Foundation Hospitals, the medical providers who performed a double mastectomy on her when she was just 13 years old after beginning to develop breasts and to identify as a transgender as a tender little girl of 11 years of age. Now that she's a legal adult, Jane is accusing the hospital system of intentional fraud and concealment involving her gender transition. She alleges the doctors pushed her into the procedure and characterized her gender transition as the only way to treat her pre-existing mental health problems. Jane told Fox News' Laura Ingram last Thursday, quote, I don't think I should have been allowed to change my sex 
before I was legally able to have sex. I don't think I'm better off for the experience, and I think transitioning just completely added fuel to the fire that was my pre-existing conditions. In her interview, she said that she struggled previously with mental health issues, suicidal ideations, before deciding that transitioning going into adolescence might be the way to go. Her attorney alleged that Jane's caregivers failed to administer the necessary mental health treatments before performing a double mastectomy and never informed her and that 80 to 90% of teens eager to transition desist from doing so. And my question has been all along, how can an 11, 12, 13, 15, 17-year-old person make a life-altering decision to lop off their breasts or cut off their penis and testicles or to make a fake penis, you know, an adedictomy? It is impossible, the attorney said, for a child to give informed consent. And it is impossible for parents who are not fully informed and with a child that was not properly treated can also not give consent. Jane's lawsuit, according to reports in The Blaze, alleged that doctors warned her of an increased risk of suicide if she failed to transition to male. Let me repeat that. Jane's lawsuit alleges that doctors warned her of an increased risk of suicide if she didn't cut off her little titties and try to become a man, adding that they gave her parents a binary option of living with a live son are suffering the consequences of having a dead daughter. Speaking as someone who lost a son to something completely unrelated, the pain of any parent, the mere thought of losing a child, coming from someone who has, would be enough to make anyone shudder. This young lady says she suffers from a plethora of issues, including body dysmorphia. Of course, she's now mutilated. She's got big X's on her chest where her boobies used to be. She's suffering from anxiety, depression, puberty-related struggles. Let's face it, you start lopping off things that are hormone-related, and you are not going to go through puberty like everyone else. Jane's lawsuit also notes a series of health struggles brought on by the permanent irreversible mutilation. She'll never be able to breastfeed. An increased likelihood of now never being able to conceive. Also, endocrine-related problems. And you know that line that I said? live son versus dead daughter binary was used in another detransitioner named Chloe Cole. So it appears that these doctors are using the same company line to try and convince people to do these gender transitions that never really are gender transitions, but leave young men and young women mutilated, dead versus live. Jane's breasts can never be reconstructed, slamming the push for gender affirming care as quote, experimentation on America's children. She says, I was given no information about the rates of desistance or anything like that, really. The surgeon, the surgery, the treatments were kind of pushed as the, quote, only way forward, unquote. The statement provided to the Ingram Angle on Fox from Kaiser Permanente says, quote, our physicians and multidisciplinary care teams practice compassionate, evidence-based medicine founded on sound research and best medical practices to provide comprehensive services based on individual needs of each patient. The care decisions always rest with the patient and their parents, and in every case, we respect the patients and their families' informed decisions about their personal 
health. I made a phone call and was told due to ongoing litigation, they could not comment on this issue. Mutilate a little girl before she is even able to drive and then try and blame the little girl for her continued confusion and now mutilated physique. How disgusting. I'm going to buzz through some other headlines really quickly. Why Kamala Harris is a failure, that in the 1945 publication. Fox News says GOP lawmakers say they're getting to the truth about Biden family payments from China and it reeks of corruption. California School District hires an anti-critical race theory consultant. We'll have to go into that one a little more. New Orleans mayor recall signatures have been turned in to the Louisiana governor's office. Maybe LaToilette Cantrell will finally be gone. Daily Mail writes, Fauci, confronted by vaccine-hesitant D.C. resident, tells her vaccine does stop you from contracting COVID. He's still out there spouting the lies. Biden issues first veto rejecting a bill to reverse ESG rule. Another headline says the Audubon Society will not change their name despite the alleged racism of their namesake. They want to focus on bird conservation and inclusion initiatives. Okay, good for you guys. Republican lawmakers pass a repeal of Jim Crow law and Democrats are seething. We'll have to look at that one on the next edition of the Truth Hurts program. Republicans torch the Biden veto of the bipartisan ESG bill. Good luck explaining this one, says one article. Another article says that high school coach fired for on-field prayer has won a $2 million settlement. Good for you, coach. The Daily Caller with a picture of Joe Biden sitting in an electric pickup truck is entitled, Sustainable Electric Cars Are Getting Junked Over Minor Damage Because the Cost to Repair Them Is Too Much for an Insurance Company to Bear. The next article headline reads, Federal Judge Blocks Key Parts of California's Handgun Restrictions. What does shall not be infringed actually mean to Democrats? Apparently nothing when it comes to the Second Amendment. Another headline in Raw Story. North Carolina man puts swastikas in his yard after a Blafrican American businesswoman sets up a shop next door. Freedom of speech? You decide. And you know, the mostly peaceful protesters out in Portland, Oregon must have sent a message to New York City. Newsweek reports, police cars set on fire in New York City as New York awaits Trump indictment. I wonder how they're going to spend this. Small businesses sue the Biden administration over the federal agency picking winners and losers based on race. Everything is racist. States with the most firearms traced to them by the federal government, reads a headline in the Stacker publication. Bernie Sanders says that it's time for a four-day work week in the U.S. with no loss of pay. Here's why it's not such a crazy idea for companies to try. That in the publication MoneyWise. Daily Caller says after collecting millions from Wall Street, Ancient Janet Yellen now helps decide which banks get bailouts. Oh, the corruption, my friends. There's another article here entitled, Biden administration may approve phasing out of diesel trucks in California, according to Benzinga. U.S. Catholic bishops condemn gender transition procedures in a public letter. I wonder what Catholic Joe Biden has to say about that. Joe Manchin blasts Biden's ESG veto and accuses Biden of putting radical policy agenda ahead of economic security. Way to go, Joe Manchin. Article in the Daily Caller, top Biden official resigns, leaving key post open during global crises. There's another article entitled, Nobody Likes Mike Pence. 
Mind the gender gap, 24 expenses that men bear alone in a world of unequal spending. This article is in response to the women saying there's a so-called pink tax because only women have to buy tampons and such. But hey, if a woman identifies as a man, then she shouldn't have to worry about that anymore, right? And if a man identifies as a woman, then he should have to go out and buy tampons. <laughs> there are a whole bunch of articles about the Trump indictment and the Stormy Daniels. One says Stormy Daniels speaks out about the possible Trump incident. One of them says Donald Trump likely to be arrested. Another one, Trump's chilling warning of what will happen after his indictment. There's another one here that reads, Brace for the S&P 500 to plunge 50% as a painful recession is to strike. The everything bubble is about to burst. There's one here, Obama wants companies to strip their degree requirements for more six-figure jobs in order to address Biden's labor shortage. Trump supporters plan a bank run to protest his arrest in New York. And an article that says this is exactly what will happen if Trump gets arrested. Finally, the Biden administration seems totally comfortable with the decline of the United States of America. These and other headlines we'll have to discuss on the next edition of the Truth Hurts program, because looking at the format clock, we are out of time for this edition. Go out there and make it a great day, and we'll see you next time on the Truth Hurts program network. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you are offended, but I retract nothing. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audio Nautics. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network. All rights reserved.